All right, and we're live. Uh, welcome to the On Deck episode number three podcast on November 21st, 2016, the show where we talk about what is happening around education and technology around the Pacific Northwest. Uh, and we'll bring in special guests like we have today, so we're very excited for that. Uh, you can join us live on YouTube or after the show on iTunes or Google Music or anywhere else you can pretty much find a podcast nowadays. Uh, make sure you can join us on Twitter um, at, G, at hashtag GEGWA. Um, so excited to be here with Lisa today. Um, and so I'm going to have Lisa introduce yourself and then Justin and then we'll go right into it. So Lisa. Hi, I'm Lisa Heipel and I'm um, a teacher and an, an instructional technology coach in Pleasanton, California, San Francisco, East Bay. Very cool. Justin, nice to have you back as always. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jeff. And good to be with you, Lisa. Everybody, I think you may know me. I'm Justin Talmadge. Uh, technology integration specialist for the Mercer Island School District and one of the co-facilitators of the GEG for Washington State. Cool. All right, Lisa, so this is your show. Help us out here. What is a HyperDoc? A HyperDoc is a digital lesson plan that teachers create and they don't keep for themselves. They give it to their students. Uh, to work on and so they are um, amazing because they um, are created uh, based on digital lesson design or really lesson design uh, and trying to encourage teachers how to get away from the front of the room and lecturing and create really really intriguing and thought-provoking um, activities that get their kids really engaged and thinking for themselves, not having to be told or lectured how to do things. More inquiry-based learning. So Lisa, when I think of the word hyper, I think of the word hyperlink. So within this doc, are there, I'm assuming that teachers or students can put links to things that then take them outside of the doc itself? Yes, so hyperlink um, is a part of it. There are links on it. Sometimes when you look at a hyperdoc the first time, you think this is just a doc with links, um, and it could be perceived that way. Uh, it has links to, um, for example, we, um, when we talk about lesson design, we talk about first we have kids explore. So if we want kids to explore on a topic, we'll provide the links um, to build that background knowledge before we dive into a topic, and then we'll get them... Um, to uh, the teacher will do the explanation part might be on a like a flip video or an article they want them to read or we have them turn off technology on the explain portion of a lesson for a good blend um, and say this is a whole class discussion and then the apply so explore explain apply mm -hmm. uh, in the apply section we get kids um, linked up to uh, having choice to how they want to share what they know. Uh, it's basically the, um, you know, tell me what you, what you know now that we've learned this. Uh, and then um, always links to share um, their work and uh, to extend, you know, so it has a much broader audience than just their classroom. So now that we're talking, um, Lisa, you'd mentioned you had some stuff ready to go to show. I think I would like to see an example, but yeah. it makes me think of back in the, in the old days when I first started teaching there was this activity that we called a web quest, where as a teacher, I would go out and find things and then sort of walk the kids through on, a, on like a Word doc or something with links. This is kind of what it sounds like to me, but I'll be interested to see what you're showing here. Yes, it is um, different from a web quest, and I'm glad you brought that comparison up because it does sound like it. This was the actual um, lesson template. We have a bunch of templates on our website, uh, and, the, and the difference of a web quest is um, they would give you a list of links to go through, 
and you would search and you would answer a list of questions. And if you think about that in terms of, you know, um, think critical thinking and uh, compared to this lesson design, which has you first you engage, then you explore and explain, apply, share and reflect and extend. That's a big difference um, than just uh, the old web quest where we would just, you know, quickly go through a bunch of sites and answer questions, which really in terms of critical thinking, it's um, a, a different level that we're talking about. Here's that same template. Um, transformed into a hyperdoc for a creative writing challenge. This was an elementary hyperdoc. The words are left on here for um, as a sample so people can understand the engage portion. Uh, is This is a blended lesson actually. You know, turn and talk to the person next to you. Um, explore, we read stories, um, creative writing stories on Storybird. The class lesson was actually a teacher-directed lesson, reviewing all the components of um, a good writing story. And then the apply time was they would use Storybird and um, begin their writing. And then we um, would have students post their reflections onto the doc right there. Um, and then share their document and let each other see each other's document. And then more places to publish. So that is one example um, of, of one that, that we would do. Sometimes we package them on slides though. Here's mm -hmm. one um, that Kevin um, Faramisco made uh, about the outsiders. And as you go through this one, he's um, posted all of his um, standards he'll be covering and his um, essential questions. But what's really great, and I think this might seem like the web quest, in the explore portion of a lesson, we want kids to build background knowledge. And so he created this text set. I'm actually gonna click. This is more like the web quest. We call them multimedia tech sets or web quests. And he created this one to build what life was like in the 60s and what gangs of the 60s were like and um, just a whole bunch of resources. So when they were in the book reading uh, and going through this hyperdoc, they knew um, they had background knowledge for the time. He um, included a lot of activities for them as he was explaining. He even organized this by um, table of contents on here. So each one, chapter one, each of these were activities that the kids would go through. Um, you know, click on the gang uh, to go to your activity. And it, it feels like the old web quest because it, it leads you through this um, maze sometimes, but you know, sometimes they're um, not quite, quite like that. I don't mm. know if that helps a little bit. Yeah, um, absolutely. Here's one, a science one. Again, so how is how is a hyper how is a hyper doc just different from a worksheet? Like I was reading through some of the stuff, and I know you do uh, you explain that. Can you kind of explain like how is this different than just saying like oh it looks like a worksheet that you hand out to kids? Yes, definitely, and I'll um, show you um, something there. The piece that um, then I'm going to go back to um, uh, some of mine. Ah, I've got a lot of tabs open here. Um, in the explain portion here, in the apply, and really it's the apply portion that makes this beyond a worksheet. Um, I know a lot of people will talk about applying their knowledge, and they might post questions here, and that's what we would do in the in the classroom a lot of times. People were um, actually doing low level of application of knowledge, just posting, you know, answer these questions or um, give a. Um, uh, giving a test, but we like to give kids um, a choice about that. Let me get to um, uh, a lot of times we'll do um, uh, show what you know uh, bingo, and we give this uh, in the hyperdoc. We give um, this actually as an option. So during the apply phase of the hyperdoc, we might link up to this and say, "Show me what you know," 
and give students the opportunity to choose a certain web tool that they feel exemplifies their knowledge the most. Um, and um, the tutorials are right on here, so we don't feel like we have to know everything. Um, and then we even have the um, turn-in portion in the center with a Google form, and then the um, link to other students' projects. So it completely changes the way kids are showing their knowledge in class. No more mm -hmm. stand up and give a presentation one at a time. Uh, we're trying to um, maximize that time and actually have kids look at each other's projects and synthesize information rather than just sit passively and just listen to one presentation at a time. So, you know, um, a lot of people might think that the apply portion is just um, answer some questions, but we want kids to create in that time. So, so I'm curious, Lisa, could the HyperDoc um, kind of methodology be used within the context of a, like a project-based learning classroom? I mean, can it be adapted and molded to fit different ways of different pedagogy in the classroom? Oh, for sure. So uh, it's actually a lot of people consider it an easy way to understand it. It's packaging for your digital lessons. Mm -hmm. So it kind of puts everything in an organized manner, walks kids through your expectations. Everything's in one place. Um, as you work through, we use it for project based learning all the time, actually. Um, we use it um, for all kinds of learning. Um, if we're working with um, students with special needs, uh, we make sure that there are links on there with video um, options for so you can hear, not just read. Um, we give choice so students can gravitate um, towards the, the types of um, the part of the assignment that is uh, making sense to them to give different reading level abilities um, a chance. Um, so it sounds like it can be adapted to different sort of scope and sequences. I mean, it could be used just in the, in the frame of one particular lesson where mm -hmm. they're exploring, explaining, and applying in the course of maybe a 90-minute class or something, or could it be expanded out through the, through the course of a week or even maybe in, in, within the course of a unit? I mean, can you sort of meld and mold it in that way? Yeah, so I'm going to show you another screen we have um, under our resources. Um, in our templates, we have um, lots of options, and we started uh, making templates when a lot of teachers were saying, we just are not understanding what you mean um, by building the lesson design. We realized that it's been a long time since um, people were out there talking about, you know, lesson planning. And so this was our big example, you know, our, our major um, lesson, but we have smaller versions, just explore, explain, apply. And for our science teachers, we did the five E's model. Um, to help them build their lessons around that, where they would engage, explore, explain, elaborate, and evaluate. Uh, we also did workshop model for teachers doing a readers and writers workshop. And we have hero's journey lesson plan model. Mm -hmm. um, so that you can build this. Um, some of these are meant to be a 45-minute lesson, and some are meant to be a week long. Um, you can really create it however you wish. Okay. Um, we're even using them with um, administrators now, and we have an administration uh, faculty meeting um, template. So getting um, to the heart of a meeting where we're not just doing nuts and bolts for an entire meeting. We're actually connecting as staff now, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. we're kind of speeding that process up um, with uh, getting to the heart of what we really want to discuss, giving everyone on the staff a voice. We do those with our students, so we should be doing that as teachers as well. Yeah. So if I'm someone that wants to get, oh, sorry, Jeff, go ahead. I was just going to say, like, before we started recording, we were talking about that really what this is is a, is a lesson plan more than it is anything. Mm -hmm. um, and you made a really interesting comment, and I was just thinking about it, where you said, it, you know, it's been a long time since 
a lot of a lot of people have lesson plan and do you find that do you find that this is really that new to people do you find like it's repackaging almost like understanding by design model in a way that is very i guess hypered <laughs> hyper connected uh, I don't know. well what we were finding is uh we all st we started this because um you know with the common core starting in our state we were getting chromebook carts pushed into our classrooms and saying you know teach with them and nobody knew what to do they would open up the chromebooks with every kid on a chromebook and they would write a website on the board and say go to this website and um begin you know and there was no actual lesson design behind the tech integration. And so we wanted to help people um, blend um, their teaching with their use of technology in the classroom it, for really um, valuable uh, lessons besides kids just consuming. You know, so often they were just going on to typing or researching or, um, you know, printing. That was kind of the, the pattern I was seeing. And we wanted to have really valuable um, lesson opportunities um, for students to actually do the whole learning process. Um, I have to say though, hyperdocs are not meant for all day, every day. I think when, when, you know, when we talk about using them, we talk about maybe once a week or once a unit or picking, maybe it's for a novel you're doing or um, a, one part of a unit you're doing. Um, and so you would do it um, when it makes sense, when tech is a better option to be using. I mean, I'm a big fan of writer's notebooks and I read paper books. So it's not something that you would do all the time. It's, um, but if you're just really like, you know, gosh, I, it started too for me with teaching European exploration. Like, why don't I have kids on Google Maps? This is crazy. But do you know how much explanation that would take? Like lots of lecture, nobody wants to hear it. But I don't want kids just on the map playing. I wanted a structured activity for them to do. And so the Explore, Explain, Apply kind of took them through that structure. And I was freed up. I was not lecturing anymore. All of a sudden, I'm wandering around the classroom. I'm pulling kids with special needs. I'm working in small groups. I'm working with my language learners. It, it changed the way I deliver instruction um, for when I do do it. So now I look at it as when I really need to reach a group or I need to confer with writers, um, I'm going to make a hyperdoc because I know everyone else is going to be really actively engaged in their learning at the same I time. I see. I see. When you face teachers, and I'm sure you get this all the time, and this is a question I get that I struggle with, so I'm always asking for how other people handle it. But like when I'm doing stuff like this with teachers, you know, a lot of times I, I can just see teachers going, Lisa, this is amazing. A, I don't have the time to build it. And B, I quote unquote have curriculum I have to get through. How could you ever expect me to take time to build a hyperdoc for my kids? Yeah, so the curriculum you have to get through is actually what I put on a hyperdoc. And I like to add layers to my lessons. I think that we feel so busy because we compartmentalize everything. And so we are like, as an English teacher, you know, we're teaching grammar and spelling and vocabulary and reading and writing. Well, let's build a lesson that incorporates all of that into one impactful um, opportunity. Um, and that gets started. That's part of our building them. We, we, we don't like these singular lessons that take a lot of time and it's a lot of busy work is what I was finding. Um, so I wanted them to get away from that and do something more engaging and watch their kids just eat it up. I mean, they were, they couldn't believe it how, um, 
that's what motivates people to keep making them, is the response to their students. Um, the other part is we didn't want teachers to have to make this all up. Um, I know collaborating with other teachers is, the, is really one of the best parts of my instruction. Look, I have to share again. So I'm going to um, show you what we started at the same time. We started Teachers Give Teachers at the same time we were writing our book. And it started by word of mouth, and now we have over 6,000 followers on here. And people are coming on and just sharing lessons freely. Just posting all kinds of, um, here's an informative essay roadmap um, you might want, <laughs> or writing multi-paragraph essay. And people are putting their lessons up here and just giving them away. It actually became so hard to find a lesson that we um, created a, a data bank on our website um, in the, under the Teachers Give Teachers tab. And we encourage teachers to sign up, and our motto is give one, take one where you can just go on and you can um, you know, enter search with key terms um, and find a lesson. And I love Google Docs because of this. You, know, you can just go to file, make a copy, and you can have any one of these lessons um, that, you, that you want and just change it up. You know, um, I think teaching is so personal and you want to be able to add your own personality to this. So you can go to file, make a copy, and add your um, uh, standards and um, outcomes that you want to have happen on here. I mean, it's just incredible. Yeah, uh, this, I think that's something. Community. Yeah, and I think that's something we just don't do well enough yet. You know, one of the I think one of the big benefits of Common Core is that everybody is now teaching the same standards. Yes. And I don't think I don't think as America we are doing a very good job of taking advantage of it with this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, where you can create something that is standards-based and be like, oh, my fourth grade standards, no matter where I am, are the yes. same as your fourth grade standards. Yes. Amazing. And helping each other out. Right. So I love that. I love that database. What a great, what a great opportunity. Well, and you know, an outcome that we did not expect was uh, teachers were um, throwing out, hey, I've got a, a unit coming up on, um, you know, whatever they say. And uh, does anyone have a hyperdoc? Well, someone else pops on and says, I don't have one, but I need one. Let's work together. And they planned it like across the country. We have so many of those that are um, popping up in the data bank. And it's really, that's like the benefit of it. It's just been so fun to watch that happening. That's cool. Hey, Lisa, I want to give you a uh, round of applause here. Um, I want to let everybody know that I found you because I was searching around on the, the agenda for the education on air um, that's coming up next week, December 2nd, I believe is, is when it starts. And you will be presenting an entire, is it an hour-long session on HyperDocs? It's um, 30 minutes. It's actually minutes. on the 3rd by the time okay. it comes to our time, 2 o'clock um, Pacific uh, Coast time. Perfect. And we are doing something uh, very risky we've never done before. Um, it's kind of a surprise, but I'll just let you know we're going to be um, – doing um, HyperDocs Live. So it's not a lecture. It's more of like, imagine um, Disney's Jungle Boat Tour. We're going to take you on a tour through HyperDocs while participants from all over the world are participating on actual HyperDocs. So. Well, that, I love no, I that think, idea. Yeah, I love that idea as well. So it's, I always love it when I get to actually meet people who I've followed on social media for some time. So yeah. now I get to say I've met you face-to-face <laughs> -face, sort of. <laughs> well, good. I need thanks to get so up. much for being. Thanks so much for being willing to come on the show. Thank you for inviting us.
And Justin, what's that link for the education on air? Do we have that? Oh, education yeah, we'll, on air. Okay, we'll make sure that's in the show notes as well. We'll put that in the show notes for sure. Um, but if people just search for education on air, they can register, and I'm sure they'll get notifications to their email and whatnot. So, perfect. Great. Awesome. Well, thanks, Lisa. I really appreciate you spending time with us uh, today. Uh, it's always so great when we can highlight some of the amazing stuff that's going on, and just a, another place for teachers to get resources. Give one, get one. I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's a great, great thing. Good. So, I really appreciate it. Uh, oh, we had a couple. We had a couple more things to talk about. Lisa, you are more than uh, more than welcome to stick around if you yeah. want to talk about the new custom templates that just came out in slides, uh, and the new slides API. Justin, do you want to talk about that? Well, you know, I just figured that since this is the Google Educator Group for Washington show, even though it seems like we have a new name for it now, Jeff, on deck. I love the baseball metaphor. But, uh, that always speaks to me. But um, So I haven't had a chance to play around with these new features in slides necessarily, but it sounds like Google is now making it so that third-party developers can hook into your slides and um, to be able to take advantage of, of great features. I'm assuming things like similar, similar to maybe like add-ons, like with the Pull Everywhere add-on. I'm not sure how, um, how the Slides API and, and, and whatnot fits in to that, but I'm, I bet we'll see more uh, from Google in the coming uh, days and weeks. Um, but also now you can, within your Google, your G Suite dashboard, you can turn on custom templates and you can control from the admin side which people get to add templates to your organization. So those of us that have been in the Google infrastructure for a while know they used to have a kind of template feature that was sort of left alone and wasn't really being, uh, wasn't really being developed for and added on to, but I think now they're trying to reinvigorate that because they're seeing that organizations need to have the ability for, um, to customize the things that are available to their uh, their employees. Yeah, so. and when that went away, I remember a lot of people were like, what happened to the templates when they went right, away? So right. all, everybody's hope was they were going to do something better and bring it back, and they finally done that. So that's really yeah. good. Right. That's Lisa, great. do you have anything to add as far as the slides API or custom templates? No, no, that's great. This is great news. I love I love hearing about updates. Yeah, I wonder how that'll be able to take advantage of within a hyperdoc. It sounds like a hyperdoc can be made within slides, and then we'll see what kind of you know, yes. third-party third tools are able to hook in there. We actually was, talked about um, including our templates in the new templates, so who great knows? Great idea. Great It'll idea. How's, how's everybody doing with the new G Suite's name? Have we gotten, is that still like... It doesn't roll off the tongue for me. It doesn't, doesn't. It's just not, it's just, and now teachers, I mean, teachers are like, what? We've got something else to learn. I'm like, no, it's the same thing, yes. different name. Well, it's going to take yeah. a while, I think. It's going to take a while for me, too. Yeah. Still just trying to get people to know the difference between Google Docs and Google Drive. And now <laughs> know, we right? go yeah. from Google Docs to Google Drive, and then on top of that, the entire thing is called oh, G Suite. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, the layers. The layers to learning, I tell you. So. All right. Well, thank you. That is uh, great. We're going to wrap it up here because Justin has to head off to uh, – to uh, his child's right. very conference. So uh, we're going to get out of here a little bit early today. But awesome. uh, Lisa, thank you again for um, thank you again for stopping by. I really appreciate it. And again, you can catch her December 3rd at 2 o'clock Pacific time on the Education On Air conference. There will probably be like 50,000 people there. So it will be like a huge audience. <laughs> it's awesome. So awesome. I hope so. Yeah. So that's going to be it for this episode. Uh, we're going to be back in the new year. Our next uh, time we're going to be on air looks like it's going to be January 23rd of 2017 where you can listen to us live on YouTube 
or catch us in the download in the iTunes or any other of your favorite podcasts. You just search for GEGWA. Uh, Justin does the podcasting off of his website. I really appreciate all the work. I know how much time goes into downloading audio and editing audio and getting it up. It's just it's tedious work for sure. So labor of love. Big labor of love. Yeah, I know. So big thanks to both of you uh, this week, and we'll see you both, and we'll see everybody in 2017. Have a good one. Take care, folks. Happy New Year. Thank you. Happy holidays. Bye.